0: So let's talk about target market uh, so your target market, market is um, who whose problem can you solve who has a problem that you can solve and you want to make that as narrow as possible the, the smaller it is the more specifically you can talk to those individuals there's lots of terms for this and when you get into the marketing world you'll start to hear phrases like there's riches and niches You've got to own your backyard. Specific is terrific. These types of phrases, they're all speaking to the same thing. And that's, you want to talk to a narrow group. Now, the only exception to that is I have had people that have asked me, like, well, how do I market to Bob Jones, who's the president of uh, you know, United Capital or whatever? And it's like, well, you can't market to one person. And you can barely sell to one person. Like so when I say a target market I mean a group of people that have some things in common and you want to have as much in common as possible so what problems can you solve for them and then so you want to keep this narrow you want to keep this narrow because the more narrow it is the more specific you can be and the more specific you can be the more you can focus your messaging back in the old days uh, a broadcast—that's that, the way they would always qualify their leads. Was they would start out by saying, "Do you have this? Are you a homeowner in the state of West Virginia?" That—that that would be like the uh, like an old radio ad would start out that way. Well, that's talking. That's a narrow market. A homeowner in a state of West Virginia. Right off the bat, you know that they're not talking to you if you rent and you just tune it all out. Nowadays, with digital marketing, you can actually target homeowners in the state of West Virginia pretty effectively. So you don't—you don't usually need that that opening hook in the same way you can your hooks can be a little bit more detailed and, and specific. So, but that's a different discussion. So, you need to you need to, all of your messaging to speak directly to them. So, if you're if you're sp- selling sports bras, you're not going to advertise to men. It's, you know, straightforward as that, right? You want your target market, you want your targets so that, you know, you can address their what's their specific problem? You want to speak directly to them. And then you want to find out where do these people hang out. This can all be done with simple research by asking your friends or more advanced research that you would you know, get from an organization that does market research. Where do they hang out? Um, what do they have in common? Um, what are the things that they enjoy doing? My favorite story of all time when it comes to understanding target markets, and I, I think this is probably the best story, the, the, one of the greatest marketing stories of the 20th century, is Charles Atlas. Do any of you know who Charles Atlas is? So Charles Atlas was a bodybuilder way back in the 20s, and it was very common where they would create these bodybuilding courses and they would sell them in bodybuilding magazines. It was really common. This was all, this was even before Schwarzenegger or any of that kind of stuff. This was all way, way back, okay? This was all in the 20s and 30s. So they would have bodybuilding magazines, physical culture magazines, health and fitness magazines. And then they would sell their course and they were usually mail-order courses. Well Charles Atlas's course was just the same as all these other courses and he sold them and he was getting to the point where he wasn't making any money so he thought well maybe you know the course thing just isn't for me. So he went to this ad advertising agency and he met a guy named Charles Roman. Charles Roman was young he was only 21 and he gave Charles an opportunity and he kind of liked what he was doing but he said okay I'll tell you what Charles I will give you half of my company if you just handle all of the business processing for me. Okay, great. So what did Charles Roman do? Charles Roman created this ad. The insult that made the man out of Mac. Now this story you're probably familiar with. This is the story of the kid that goes to the beach and the bully kicks sand in his face. And then he gets threatened and his girlfriend says, oh, it's okay, you're just a small man. So what does he do? Well, he calls Charles Atlas and he gets the bodybuilding course and he goes home and later he's full of muscles and he goes back to the beach and punches the bully right in the snout and what happens the girl walks away with him right the most successful bodybuilding course ever in history why was it so successful it was no diff- it was the exact same course that he was selling there's no he didn't change the course he found a target market his target market was adolescent boys They had a problem they were being bullied all adolescent boys know this you get bullied you get made fun of you want to get the girl so what was he able to do by targeting instead of advertising in muscle magazines he starts advertising in comic books what kind of stuff was advertising comic books back then x-ray specs um, pop-tarts you know candy that's the kind of stuff that was being advertised in those magazines so you've got this whole new audience you've got this whole audience of insecure young men that are looking to be strong, healthy, to be, you know, they've, everybody, every guy has this exact same story of the bully that, you know, kicks sand in their face. Every guy can relate to that. So every every boy can relate to that and then all you got to do is you just, you know, mail order and, you know, the next thing you know you're kicking sand in the bully. So it's, this is this perfect example. And then Charles Atlas ended up selling the whole company to Charles Roman because he made so much money off of it, but to this day that ad still echoes through and you can still hear um, so this was like from the '40s. This is a very, very old ad. So that just shows you the power that you get when you can target a market. When you can target people, you speak directly, you solve their problems, you speak directly to them, and you provide them solutions. Most important thing, you provide them with solutions. So the, the anatomy of a compelling offer involves a clear promise, a time-sensitive incentive, and a guarantee that reassures your audience of the risk-free value that they're getting. And that's from Dan Kennedy. Dan Kennedy, he's got a whole book series called The No BS Selling System. He's very straightforward and he's he's great, he's a great read if you ever want to look on some stuff on marketing. Let's talk about offers. An offer is always answering the question, what's in it for me? so that's that's the question that you're always answering so and this is a little tough love for everybody nobody cares how long your business has been open nobody cares how long you've been working nobody cares how hard you worked last week nobody cares about you at all they're only interested in one thing what's in it for me so if I give you $20 what am I gonna get back if I give you $1,000 what am I gonna get back if I give you my phone number what am I gonna get back If I give you a review on Google, what am I gonna get back? That's all anybody's ever thinking, whether they, I'm gonna be honest with you. Most people aren't gonna be honest with you. That's what you have to answer. You always have to be answering that with your offer. Your offer needs to be simple. It needs to be clear. We, I had an exercise recently with some colleagues where they talked about an elevator pitch, and they had, the, the, the assignment was to come up with a 60 second elevator pitch nobody's listened to a 60 second elevator pitch. I've got news for you. If you've got 60 seconds, you need to spend 55 seconds talking to that person about their problems. And then the last five seconds saying, I can solve that for you. So stay away from this idea of complicated things. Keep it simple, keep it basic, keep it clear, keep it precise, solve a problem. Now, your business might be able to solve that pers- all of that person's problems. Might be able to, you know? Let's say, you know, you're in the health and wellness, you you know, you do massage, you do uh, nutritional coaching, you do, uh, you've got a gym that they can, you know, you do all these things. You can solve all their problems. You don't need to tell them that. Just find one problem, their most pressing problem, solve that for them, okay? And focus on that one problem. Um, It could be an, now, uh, as I said, I mentioned before that the offer could be something you want them to do. Maybe the offer, is to come have a consultation. That's not free. You gotta get over this idea. Them calling you isn't free. They've gotta take time out of their day, they've gotta quit what they're doing, they, or they've gotta come to your store, or they've got to book an appointment and then they actually have to set their alarm and then they've gotta put it on the calendar and then they've actually gotta show up. Oh my God, that's a lot of stuff. So get over this idea that asking them to, everything's an offer. Anything you're asking somebody to do is an offer. What do they get out of it? Okay, if I call you, what am I going to get? Am I just going to get a sales pitch for your product that I don't need? I'm not interested. Okay, that's, that's what you're going to run into. What are you going to do for me? If I call you, what are you going to give me? If I give you my email, you can just gonna send me a bunch of spam that I don't want. If I give you my phone number, you're just going blast my phone with text messages uh, every day that I'm not interested in. What's in it for me? Um, So let me give you a couple ideas of some offers, really good offers, really simple offers. Um, So let's say you you have a roofing company. Roof is a high ticket item, that's five to ten thousand dollars. You're never ever gonna walk up to somebody and say will you give me five thousand dollars, I'll give you a new roof. They're gonna say no, get lost. So how about a hundred dollars for gutter cleaning? That's a great offer. Everybody needs their gutters cleaned and nobody likes to get out on ladders, they're dangerous. So hundred bucks, I got hundred bucks. I ain't got $5,000, but I got hundred bucks and I have a need. So now the trick is once you get out there, clean up the gutters, then you go ahead and prepare a report for them on the roof. Now that's the other thing. Once they, you know, they're gonna need to put somebody aside or figure out financing. Nobody's got $10,000 sitting around for their new roof. So that's gonna be a long process. You're going to meet with them. You're going to build uh, know, like, and trust with them. And then eventually, when, they, when they're ready to buy that roof, they're going to talk to you because you've been so good for them. Great call, a great offer that you'll see all the time from all of these places that sell, um, that do like car parts and stuff, free battery testing. doesn't cost them anything. You bring your vehicle in. Everybody's worried about their battery. You know, your car's over three years old. You need to get your battery tested. Well, once you get that battery, well, you know, we'll go ahead and run a diagnostic while we're at it. Do all this other stuff. And you'll also notice a lot of these places, they loan out tools for free. You know why they loan out tools for free? Is because if you need that tool, then you need to buy parts from them, right? So the, the, those offers are what's in it for me? What's in it for me to, uh, to come get a tool? I get, I get a free tool. And then you can sell them products once, once um, you've made that offer to them. Now, if you just offer to sell them, you know, whatever it is, They've got all kinds of barriers of entry to there, especially with car parts because it might be a specialized tool, it might be this. They might just end up taking it to a shop. You don't want them to take it to a shop. You want them to buy it from you. So you give them the free tools. And um, the one thing that I always tell people to stay away from that most people offer is a free consultation. You've got to name it something else, and it's really all comes down to messaging, whatever that is maybe it's a for me i do a uh, i do an advertising audit that's really just a free consultation don't tell anybody but i do an advertising audit. we i'll take a look at that there's a lot of people that work in um, like website development that they'll do a website scan tell you where you need to improve on your website that's an offer right so there's lots of that, but don't do a consultation those, you don't want to call it that. You don't want to say free estimates. You want, don't want to do any of that kind of stuff. You want to do something that's, that sounds like it's valuable. You know, a, some kind of a, the, the only exception to that that I found is with attorneys because attorneys saying like something along the lines of a free consultation or something like that usually has a little bit more weight because their time is valuable. You know what I mean? But so that's a little bit of a niche. And you will find that in some industries. Some industries, certain language is really powerful and means like a specific thing. But for the most part, you don't want to say free consultation or you don't want to say free estimates or something like that. You want to do something like a, uh, you know, like, you know, a a free scan or a complimentary um, scan or a complimentary Uh, report, something like that. Something you can generate for them as opposed to just sit down with me for 20 minutes. I don't want to sit down with you for 20 minutes. I'm too busy. Now one of the things that people always get into with the offer is they want to offer everything. They want to offer something big. Yeah, but I've got, I do massages. I do, you know, I do the health and wellness stuff. I even sell, you know, I even sell, uh, you know, healthy brand muffins every morning. Like I've got all this stuff. I want to offer them all this stuff. Stay small. Stay specific. But what about McDonald's? McDonald's has a menu a mile long. They've got all kinds of offers, and they're the most popular. They're the biggest company in the world. Yeah, not always. This is McDonald's original menu. This is how they became the biggest company in the world. They had like nine items. You wanted a, you, you, you wanted a, a grilled chicken? You didn't go to McDonald's. If you wanted, um, you know, you wanted a, a steak, you didn't go to McDonald's. You want a hamburger, a cheeseburger, a shake, or and some fries. You went to McDonald's, and that's how they made billions and billions of dollars. Small, specific. I want McDonald's, and everybody like you associate McDonald's with this simplified food now. Like this was a this was an innovation. People don't realize this. Like the idea of going to a diner and only having five or six items to choose from. That was foreign. Like, people would, when when McDonald's first opened, people would go there and say, I'll just take a halibut, please. They didn't know, like, you could only order certain things. Like, what what place did that? Like, diners were diners. They sold food. Not McDonald's. McDonald's sold nine items, and that was it. And they made a fortune off of it. And then, once they got big, then they started adding. And they added things very slowly. If you look at the history of McDonald's, the filet of fish didn't come until the 50s. You know, <laughs> they stayed very specific. And uh, it, it's a, it, that one's a great case study, too.